like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And it's November 2020, and so far, feeling like a pretty good November 2020. <gasps> and um, we are entering our new theme, which is Love Stinks. And I don't remember exactly why we picked it, because I don't feel like the movie we just watched totally applies to the, the theme. Although I think as the trilogy goes on, the theme will make more sense to the movies. But we're talking about Before Sunrise Tonight from 1995. That's the movie we're going to be reviewing um, the Richard Linklater, uh, Ethan Hawke, and Julie Delphi, whose name I almost forgot but remembered at the last second, um, film that is beloved by many. And Corey and I had never seen, nor have we seen the other two movies in the trilogy, which is good because it would be weird having not seen this one first. But um, we're looking forward to checking out the entirety of the trilogy. But before we do that, we'd like to catch up with what we've been watching since the last time we recorded and how we're doing. So let's start with that. Corey, how's it going? Fine. I'm glad it's a weekend. Yes. How about you? I, 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 you know what? Yesterday, which we record on Fridays, listeners, um, behind the curtain a little bit. On Thursday, I was feeling pretty overwhelmed and so much so that I came home and I took a nap, um, which I don't usually take naps. Uh, I've, I function on very little sleep on average, but sometimes I just yeah. really need one. And uh, yesterday I just was like, I was just kind of done with everything. So I needed a nap. Um, so I took a nap. Uh, for about an hour, and I, it, it, as my naps often do, it did not make me feel much happier, per se. Um, but I went to the gym, worked out, and, and whatnot after that, and it was fine. Um, but uh, today, literally from like the start of my day, um, people were apparently either psychically aware that I was having a bad day yesterday, or oh, no. just uh, a good day today. No, no, today was amazing. That's the thing. So um, early, uh, I'm at work, and my, my good friend... Um, asked if he could use my coffee maker because i have like a Keurig machine in my my room i was like of course of course come down you know he had his own cup and every i would have let him use i have so many k-cups in my room right now um it's like i'm starting in my own burke bucks uh but um or starbucks as matt has dubbed it and uh so he came down to uh to make coffee which i i enjoy i don't always get to talk to people because we're we're always so busy so i was nice talking to him for a few minutes and then uh knock at my door and another very good friend of mine, uh, our culinary teacher, um, who we're, we're a part of the same, like, department, technically, we're all career academies. And so we've, we've been friends for a while now. We've been, you know, we've worked together for years. And uh, she she dropped by a present for me that I was, it's not my birthday or anything, but she had, she'd seen it. She knew it was, like, perfect for me. She was going to wait till Christmas, but something told her to give it to me today. And it, she was spot on because I totally needed it. Um she got me this Mr. Rogers. I posted it on my Instagram. In fact, if you follow, um, it's this little statue of Mr. Rogers. You push the little uh, trolley sign and it talks, it has a bunch of quotes. And it came with this little like tabletop book that like sits upright and has like quotes from Mr. Rogers in it. Uh, she knows how much I love and adore Mr. Rogers. So that was like, Oh, how awesome is this? You know, I immediately opened it and was like messing with it. And I told, uh, I realized I hadn't told um, either of my first year uh, students either of my classes with my first year students in it, my Mr. Rogers uh, story about, you know, going to South by Southwest, seeing the documentary um, and then getting my quote on the poster. And so, you know, I like to tell them that I like them to see, you know, that I've, I've moved, I've worked 
around things. So I, it, that prompted some fun stories. And I, I feel like I got my classes kind of, it's really hard this year to get them talking because they're on the Zoom. Some are in the classroom. You know, it, some are there. Sometimes it's, it's such a weird environment this year. And, but today started to feel a little bit more comfortable. I, I could see them kind of opening up a little bit and starting to kind of see where I'm coming from. And then uh, at, at about lunchtime, um, my uh, so this this is the, I've taught long enough now, Corey, where mm-hmm. people that I taught are now teaching with me, and have become some of my best friends. Like people I spend more time with now are people I taught like now five or six years ago. Um, so it's you know there's distance between when I taught them and I've actually now known them longer in some cases than I've taught them, but it's still like it's a little surreal at first. But we've we've been hanging out enough where that is that has gone away right but uh of my D D group um three of them i taught one of them is the older brother of one of the the people i taught who is also a co-worker who is my person i've been playing magic with and hanging out with a lot of so like it's, it's my big friend group now and uh the only one who doesn't work at the high school um decided to bring us all starbucks today at lunch which if you know anything about me folks I love Starbucks. So I already was having a pretty good day. And then I got a uh, peppermint mocha delivered to me at the school. And well, it was, it was just perfect. Except, except I don't drink. I try not to drink a ton of caffeine. However, <clears throat> um, pretty much since I started running, I've gotten badly hooked on the rain energy drinks. And I, I drink one a day. And then pretty much everything else I try to drink as decaf, right? Mm-hmm. She didn't get me decaf. No. <laughs> and I I have I have never been diagnosed as ADD. But people who know me have confirmed that I exhibit behaviors of someone with ADD. And it only gets increased if I drink a lot of caffeine. So fifth period was a little rough. Um I was uh, getting tunnel vision like real bad where I would just like completely zone out what I was doing except for the one thing that I was doing. And then I was bouncing off the walls. Um, so it was it was a fun yearbook class today. Uh, but I definitely was like in and out of like, oh, let's do this. And then I'd be like, oh, let's finish this. And I was just bouncing everywhere. Um, but again, just overall good. You know, overall good. And then uh, Kathy and I had Jersey Mike's for dinner tonight. I don't know uh, how other people feel, but for mm-hmm. me, my favorite sub is Jersey Mike's. I don't and... know. That is sacrilege when you have Publix, not even a mile from your house. I would trade all of my sub places in the greater Boise area for one Publix. Like, I would I... trade all my Albertsons. Oh, well, that's, that's not even in the same ballpark. Look, I know I, I like Publix subs. so many things. But I, I have always found, going back from being a kid... I feel like their bread is too crusty. I love their bread. I, I, I don't dislike their bread. And I've, it's grown on me over the years. But I still think that uh, that is their, their weakness. And I think Jersey Mike's has zero weaknesses. I love every sub I've ever had from there. I think they're always perfect. And uh, even even the service. I've, found, I've had some of the nicest employees at various Jersey Mike's. Um, I don't think I've ever had a bad experience with the Jersey Mike's. And I just, I genuinely love them. And I think I've, I've won Kathy over because it was her idea to go to Jersey Mike's to get subs. And I was like, uh, yes. Um, so we, we got our subs and we ate in the car and then we went to Walmart and that's never fun. But, um, <laughs> sorry. 
oh, the amount of people with masks not on properly was driving me nuts. Like, I was starting to actually say things out loud where it was like, you know what? I don't care if you hear me. You're a jerk for having it underneath your chin. Like, that's... It gets you know, a little hard. Um, it, I, At that point, I'd rather you not even wear it because it's just insulting to me that you're wearing it on your chin. Like, because now it's like, you know you're breaking the rules. Where if you, maybe you weren't wearing it, maybe you just don't know any better. Or but maybe you have a medical condition. Or maybe you, can... maybe you genuinely couldn't afford one because some of the masks are pretty pricey. So, like, you know, maybe there's a reason if you don't have one. But if you have one and it's on your chin, that's a big F you, in my opinion. That's literally all you're doing is saying, like, aha, I could wear it, but F you, you know? That's the way I view it, like, at that point. Mm-hmm. And that, that upsets me. Um, but uh, enough of our week it sounds like we are ready to get into what we've been watching which i gotta say i don't have a whole lot but um why don't you start us off okay i also don't have a whole lot um so i did watch the creep show animated special wow uh it's about 45 minutes it's on shutter i really like the first story the second story um but Kiefer sutherland does one of the voices the voice in the first like so are the first story and then joey king does the voice like the main voice in the second story um i thought it was kind of cool they got some big names in there though because i can't really remember them like in the series like getting a whole lot of that um on halloween we had a really good halloween we wore our masks we wore gloves we put on a new set of gloves every time that we handed out candy but um we actually had more trick-or-treaters this year than we did last year. Guys, mm. I love seeing the trick-or-treaters. It just makes me so happy. There were zero Tiger Kings, so winning for all the parents. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, so, wait, 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 yeah. wait. Why would they wear something from like three years ago? I don't know. Everyone's talking about it this year. I'm being sarcastic because okay. this year feels like it's been three years. Right? Yeah, My friend sent me something and she's like, oh, now that it's the third Tuesday of the week. And I'm like, God, yeah. don't you know it? Um, sorry. Woo, over my head. Um, so uh, we watched that night Hubie Halloween. Oh. The Adam Sandler. I liked yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, oh, really? Yeah, it's an Adam Sandler movie. I don't go in expecting to, like, get any answers to life or, True. you know, I don't know. I heard it. Re- I heard it's pretty rewarding for his older fans because there's a lot of references to like the old original movies. And I, I mean, there were some funny things in it, and it was fun. Like, dude, Steve Buscemi always shows up. How can you not love that? It can be the worst movie in the history of the world. I love him. I think he's great. Um, I'm still watching Fear the Walking Dead. I'm almost done. Um, finally, I was complaining to you like five paragraphs the other day. About the first episode of Unsolved Mysteries, I pushed through. Ah. I made it. Did it get better? Oh. I mean, I I don't understand why the first episode of each of the seasons or whatever is so rough. Like, it would be like me getting my own 45-minute talking segment. Like, I know that I'm not strong for that. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I know that about myself. But, um... It's fine. The second episode's very good. And the third episode I could not watch on my lunch because it's all subtitles. And I can't remember what country it takes place in because I'm horrible. So I just didn't have the attention span for that in my lunch. Um, and then that's it. Well, 
I, um, last, because we recorded on Thursday last week, uh, so I watched the new episode of Mandalorian, season two is out, I watched the first episode last Friday, and then I watched the second episode just before recording, uh, now, um, which, the second episode is way shorter, but I don't know uh, if you're paying attention, have you watched either of the Mandalorian, Corey? No. So, the first episode is directed by Jon Favreau, and he's the showrunner kind of thing anyways, but... Um, and then the second episode is directed by Peyton Reed, who did the Ant-Man movies and a few other uh, good comedies. Um, and I, I, I like the second. I like both episodes. Um, first episode is much longer. It's closer to an hour. This one's like 37 minutes, which I was a little surprised by that. Um, I have realized that, uh, to quote the Blank Check podcast, I, I think Baby Yoda is a little stinker. And uh, he's, he's getting into a little more mischief as uh, he's getting a little... A little I more mean, mobility to him. Um, it's a cute thing. I like it. I'm not complaining. I'm just pointing it out um, without getting into any plot details. So no spoilers or nothing to anybody. Um, for Bloody Awesome uh, this past week, which our episode dropped on Thursday, but we, we uh, reviewed The Wolf of Snow Hollow, uh, which I really, really liked a whole lot. Matt liked enough. I liked it a little more for sure. But um, I rewatched the Gus Van Sant Psycho uh, shot for shot remake from 1998. Yeah. Oh, was it that long ago? Yeah, which was cool to um to watch now because I am much 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 more versed in Psycho than I was when I saw it in theaters as a kid, um, and so I I had I, I I liked it. I was really surprised at how bad Julianne Moore's performance was, and also the accent that Viggo Mortensen went with when no one else in the movie decided to have an accent. Um, it, it was it's a, a little jarring, but uh, I really like William H Macy as uh, Arbogast and um. Uh, Vince Vaughn is I don't know man Anthony Perkins is so understated I think he's just perfect in that performance and I think Vince Vaughn's like being a little goofy or it might just be that I think of Vince Vaughn as a little goofy I'm not 100% um, I mean that was his prime though like the late 90s yeah. mm-hmm. and I don't think he's bad in the role I just think there's some some things he does I think he goes a little too big um, but then uh, I so one, the kind of cool thing is Robert Forrester is in is uh, the Wolf of Snow Hollow is his last movie um, before he passed away, and then uh, he's also in Psycho as the the uh, therapist at the end of the movie who does like the big kind of uh, exposition dump in case you didn't understand what happened in Psycho. He's like, hey, here's everything that outlines it for you. But I, I was like, oh, that was a cool kind of double thing. I watched both of these on Halloween, um, and I figured since I was rewatching Psycho uh, that I would also I wanted to watch a movie that. I was familiar with the source material, but hadn't seen something else from. So I finally watched the prequel to The Thing. Um, you know, the 1982 amazing John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah. I watched the 2011 film that's also called The Thing. Oh, yeah. But is the prequel to it. That stars Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who I'm a big fan of. Um, and it's okay. I don't feel like it was necessary. No. But you, you know how we watch The Thing from Another Planet with the 50s version that inspired yeah. The Thing but is very different? There's a lot of that movie in this prequel. Like, you see more of, like, because the, they get the creature out from underneath the ice. That happens in this movie. I mean, that seems cool. Well, like, yeah. you know. Yeah. No, it's completely unnecessary. It's also not bad. And I think that's the thing to point out. There's some bad moments. Like, the, I, there's a part where it's, like, it goes real big on CG for no real reason. And it's, like it's it's just too much but overall you know it's fine it's forgettable there's nothing like that's like oh it's not like in the original thing where when the dude's freaking 
stomach opens up, but you're never going to forget that scene, you know? Like, that scene's just going to be embedded in your brain forever. This one's more like, things happen. It's It, it never builds the tension quite the same way that uh, Carpenter's does. And But um, I did realize something, though. There's a, a very popular phone game called Among Us uh, right now. Have you heard of it at all, Corey? Mm-mm. Uh, so for a high school teacher it's especially prevalent because it's like kids are constantly trying to play it and talk about it and whatnot um but the whole premise is you're playing like seven or i don't actually know how many characters you there are but however many characters are um you all have jobs like on a on a you know i only know a vague description of this game because i've yet to play it but uh you're like you're doing stuff and somebody in it is a killer and everyone's trying to figure out who the killer is and like the killer knows who the killer is and so, like, uh, you're trying to do it. It's basically, it's the thing, right? Like, yeah, like, blood I, tests. So I was just like, uh, one of my students said, wrote their um, kind of screenplay built around the framing of the game. And I was like, you should totally watch the thing. And they had not seen it. So I'm waiting for them to watch it because I think they're going to love it. Um, but, yeah. So. Um, that's the gist of it. Uh, and then I, I did, I finished The Legend of Korra. Um, so I've now seen all of Avatar The Last Airbender, all of Legend of Korra. Uh, I think season three and four of Korra are, are excellent. Season one is okay. Two is kind of a drag. Um, it ends fine, but it, it takes a while to get there. Um, but overall, solid show. And then I, I mentioned that I was really like having a bad day on Thursday. So like at the end of the night, I ended my night uh, playing a video game on my computer and watching Friends on my TV because Friends is a comfort show for me. And it always makes me feel better i don't know why i wish it wasn't such a comfort show but it is mm. and that's it that's what i've been watching nice and with that we'll take a quick break and when we return we are going to be getting into our review of before sunrise and we're back so before sunrise is uh my selection i think um i made Corey pick the other movie whichever one I think I I picked the first and second week or first and third week, and you picked the second and fourth week this month. So I made her pick the uh, bef- before um, sunset, uh, which we'll be watching next week. But before sunrise has a seventy seven meta score, um, an eight point one IMDb user score. I feel like it had a really high Rotten Tomato score, but um, stars Ethan Hawke, Julie Delphi, uh, directed and written by Richard Linklater and also Kim Krizan. Um, that's kind of it for the cast. There's a bunch of like random kind of one-off people that pop up, but they're not there long. And I don't, there's a couple of them that have headshots on IMDb, but I'm not like, you have to really flip through it to find people. So uh, either knowing how Linklater makes movies, there's a chance that a lot of those people were actually people like just on the street kind of thing. Um, or they were just really small bit parts. Uh, so he didn't have to cast um, known actors, but the premise on IMDb says a young man and woman meet on a train in Europe and wind up spending one evening together in Vienna. Unfortunately, both know that this will probably be their only night together. So if you're new to the show, we start spoiler-free, and we will give you a warning before we get into spoilers, but we are going to talk about this movie in its entirety. Um, Corey was apprehensive to dive into this, not because of the movie itself, but she gets kind of worn down when I make her watch a series of films from the same filmmaker, or uh, I don't even know what the other framing is, but it, it wears on her if it's too similar, um, which I think is insane for so many <laughs> reasons. But 
what did you think of Before Sunrise, Corey? Um, I liked it more than I was expecting. Um, so I feel like Linklater can be hard for me. Like the first time, I feel like, okay, so maybe the first time I watched Boyhood, I was too young, <laughs> didn't appreciate it. Because when I went back to watch it again, I, I was like blown away like by Ethan Hawke's character. Um, and like how much growth he has in that movie. So I don't know. I feel like sometimes like some of his filmmaking is a little, I don't know if gimmicky is the right word, but I don't know. Like, I kind of know what these movies are about. Um, I mean, I enjoyed it. And okay. Bill actually watched it with me, but I won't tell you what Bill said. <laughs> well, I mean, duh. <laughs> um, because there are more. <laughs> We're doing all three. Um, this this month at the end he's like so we don't even know what happens and i was like but wait uh, there's two more movies <laughs> yeah you went all you went all ski uh, not ski uh matthew lillard and like but wait <laughs> there's more um so all right um i i am i'm in a weird spot with link later because for a long time i had this very negative attitude about him and, and it wasn't even like i don't even think i was aware it was him i just didn't love him now i i'm shocked to hear you say that because you love dazed and confused right mm -hmm. so i i have pretty much worked through a lot of his filmography I've, i'm missing a few but um without realizing it uh, uh back in like 2010 i read kevin smith's biography and that got me really uh wanting to explore film and po it really got me into podcasting to be honest um that was when i started listening to his podcast but um, one of the things that he cited as an influence was a movie called Slackers, which I sought out and watched. And don't, I don't love um, because it, it is it's a it's a vignette. You know, it's very indie. I don't dislike it either. though. There's things about it that I really do appreciate. And it never clicked that it was Linklater then. Um, like I read the name. I knew who it was, but it didn't click what other stuff I'd seen him do. Um, I am a fan of Days and Confused. I, I find that movie uh, severely rewatchable. And it is just, it's unbelievably quotable. You know, it's, it's, it's just great. Um, I have not seen Suburbia or the Newton Boys or Waking Life or Tate. Oh, I do love Suburbia. I need to watch that one. That one looks pretty interesting. Um, but I, I am, uh, I still can never wrap my head around the fact that he did School of Rock, but I love School of Rock. Um, we'll be watching before sunset. I did not see his, I can't believe he was the one who remade Bad News Bears. Um, Fast Food Nation I haven't seen, but uh, I love Scanner Darkly, which we did for this podcast. Um, he did Me and Orson Welles, which I haven't seen. Uh, I'm a big fan of Bernie. Um, and Boyhood was a movie that I think was where I really soured on the idea of Linklater because it did seem so gimmicky. But I love that movie. Um, and I, I kind of ate my own words because of how much I love that movie. Um, I don't love Everybody Wants Some, but I don't dislike it. I just, it was, it just didn't grab me when I was watching it. So I was fine skipping it. I still have not seen Last Flag Flying. I am one of the big advocates for Where'd You Go, Bernadette. Like, I love that movie. Um, and we're supposed to be getting a uh, musical that he's filming over a really long period of time with Bernie, Fe Beanie, Fe uh, Beanie Felstein and a few other like big name actors. I forget how long. I feel like it's like 20 years or something insane like that which may have been disrupted by the pandemic. I'm not 100% sure, but Linklater, for sure. Very odd filmmaker. Um, he, he is a little all over the place, um, but he, he is good at crafting 
characters that feel genuine and real. And that is the thing that stood out to me about Before Sunrise is everything about it feels almost documentary-ish. Like we're a fly on the wall of these two people's lives for this day. And um, I think Ethan Hawke and Julie Delphi do a really great job of delivering dialogue that sometimes feels improv, but natural at the same time, which I think is very hard to do. Um, especially I am, I personally get irritated with when dialogue feels improv and not um, natural. Well, yeah, because some improv dialogue feels like improv dialogue. It feels like we're trying to say yes and. Like, it's almost, you might as well just say the words yes and, because that's what it feels like. And there's a couple of moments where it starts to feel like that, but Hawk and Delphi are so good uh, at at being these people that I, after a while, it just felt like I was listening to him speak. Um, and just, you know, just being with them. And I, uh, I have to say, too, I'm a little cynical on love like this Uh, these two people meet and literally we spend they literally meet and in the same day they are they're falling madly in love with each other now there are circumstances that you learn about as the film goes on that kind of one might be able to justify why they're so intensely feelings uh intensified their feelings so quickly um i won't get into that till we get to spoilers just in case it, it is it it's not a very plotty movie, right? Like Mm-mm. it's more about these characters. That's really what the the function is. So spoilers, it's not. There's not a lot to truly spoil, but still, just in case, uh, we'll keep some of that for the that section. But, um, I did find myself okay with their love. Um, and I was surprised. I honestly thought that would be what pushed me out of this movie was that I was gonna have like a cynical kind of like love at first sight. You're right, kind of attitude. And I didn't. I was really surprised i actually was like rooting for them and i kind of believed that they loved each other and that that to me was what made this movie stand out as an excellent film was i am a person who doesn't generally believe in love at first sight um and that's not to say i'm not a romantic at times and there's definitely been movie romances that do not bother me um but for this one it seems so they take so many risks like even I mean the beginning when he he's this is not a spoiler because this is how the movie set up they meet on the train that part's fine they have lunch together on the train that part's fine he's supposed to get off the train and comes back on it's like hey why don't you come with me you know that's a huge red flag in my general like, don't... <laughs> yeah right yeah. I'm just like no that's not okay you don't know him you don't know what how you're gonna get back you know, no one knows you're here this is 1995 so there's no, no cell, cell phones, phones really <laughs> uh there's nothing to like keep people Isn't it you know kind of nice though i was thinking like how it's a little bit dated because and i liked it because mm-hmm. i don't know i i'm on my phone all the time and i hate it like i hate it so i know that if i had any self-control i could just put it down but like just seeing them like go through the city is kind of fun because they're asking people what should we do what should we check out you know what i mean instead of just like googling googling it or or like yeah i was was gonna say googling or yelp exactly yeah um so it was a little dated but i enjoyed that part of it well and i i wouldn't like it, it it's it is exactly what it is right like we traveled back in time to see them and um so i don't feel like it's to me if this was like a movie that was set now and it was trying to act like there were no cell phones or like like it's one of the things with now back to the future too 
when they go to 2015, it's like, nope, none of that, none of that happens. So like now it's, it, the illusion is gone. There's nothing like that here, right? Where this is like a period, it's a, it's not a period piece because it was made in 95 and it's supposed to be in 95. But for us looking back at it, it feels like a period piece. Like there's no phones here. There's none, none of that. None of the things we're used to now. Um, <clears throat> it feels like it's of the era. Um, and you know, um, uh, even like the attitudes, because she's French and he's American, and they're in Germany, and like there's many like American <laughs> jokes and things like that. It was like everyone hates know, us. Uh, everyone hates us, and and it's like in 2020, it's like yeah, I, I get it, <clears throat> I get it, I understand. Um, I I totally get it. It's fine. Uh, you can hate you can hate that mentality hate of, of American. <laughs> there are moments right where it's like i'm not so proud of that quality that we've exhibited no. to a, on a grand scale um but uh yeah i i really liked it um i i gotta say uh we're standing standing we're we're in the midst of the criterion sale listeners <laughs> um and Corey and i both uh quickly jumped on it because earlier this summer in the july uh sale um, a bunch of stuff went sold out really fast. And so we were kind of afraid of the same thing happening. And I got to say, even though I own all three of the before movies digitally and on DVD slash Blu-ray, I have, I think two on DVD and one on Blu-ray. Um, and I think I have two copies of midnight. Cause I, I guess I forgot I bought it and I have two copies of it on Blu-ray. Um, I was still tempted to buy the, the criterion trilogy today because I'm like, I really like the much first one. I think it's on with the sale. I think it's like sixty, so it's like twenty bucks a movie, which is about the normal. Okay, yeah, pricing. Okay, but it, like I don't love the box art either. That's the other thing. It wasn't oh like God. it's amazing box art. I see. Um, because some of the Criterion box art is the reason you buy it is because the art is so awesome, and you're like, crap, I really want to have that. And others, of course, it's the special features, which is why I think there's supposed to be a lot of cool special features on the box set. I bet. I th- um. I was just reading the Wikipedia, um, which I know Wikipedia, you know, whatever. I would have never write a paper and use that as my source. But I was reading about this movie and I thought it was pretty interesting because it's like based on a true, you know, something that happened to Richard Linklater, kind of. I guess he met a girl in a toy store or something in a city and they spent the whole day together. I don't know if it was romantic or not, but... I thought that was cool. And then there was some stuff about Julie Delpy and um, Ethan Hawke actually helping with the um, the script or something because they didn't feel like it was very romantic to begin with. Hmm. So, I mean, take that as you will. But I feel like this would be the kind of movie that would have a lot of really cool like interviews and stuff. Yes, and that's why I, I kind of want to get it, and I'm I'm not saying I'm not gonna get it. Yeah. Either. Uh, Someone take away um, our internet connection. Our internet. Yeah, it, things are Criterion sale when I, especially because I haven't been buying a lot of stuff because of the pandemic. So like I have a little extra money, and I'm like, do you I mean? I'm just not like, a lot. Not I, a lot. I, 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 I do. I buy way too many movies, and that that's the other thing is I haven't been buying a lot of movies recently. Um, and so like the Criterion sale dropped, and I did get a few today um but you know um yeah uh it is uh it is what it is um i uh i i enjoyed this movie quite a bit though and um if you haven't seen it and you're like listening to this because we're about to get into spoilers maybe you think hey maybe i'll snag this criterion box set uh we are not sponsored by criterion 
Corey and I tend to like to buy them because we like physical media still. Uh, and oh, oh, Corey, why did you do that to me? Um, so because we're friends. Oh man, I'm probably gonna have to do that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, these this movie. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next two. I hope they all stay in quality. Um, I I don't. Um, the interesting thing, listeners, if you haven't heard about this trilogy or whatever, um, before uh, Sunset is made with the same two actors, and it is officially, I think it is nine years? I'm, yes. I'm double-checking here. I thought it was... It's nine years and then nine years. Seven, but I thought it was seven and seven, but it's nine. And I didn't realize yeah. the last one, wasn't it, like 2013? Yes. Which... And there is talk that there's going to be one uh in 2022 but nothing has been officially locked in or anything but there is a lot of people who i guess at the end of midnight because both the actors are still around um it's such again so we have boyhood which he filmed over 12 years and then um now we have before midnight that he's not filmed over but he's filmed with the same characters and in they are aging in real life and in the movie. So nine years has passed in real life and in the movie. So your actors are actually aging in real time, which doesn't happen very often. With oh my God. Like that. They're going to be like our age in the second one. Maybe yeah. a little younger. And of course, um, that's the interesting thing. Um, I'm, uh, I'm so intrigued by the second one um, because of how the first one ends. So I'm like, I'm like, I can't wait to watch it. I might watch it tomorrow. Um, but yeah. Uh, that's that's our spoiler-free section. So, Corey, let's get into spoilers. Guys, from here on out, we're going to talk about this movie in great detail. You have been warned. <clears throat> so, I'm excited for Before Sunset because of how Before Sunrise ends. Uh, they promise to get together, but they don't give any information. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's when Bill said that. He's like, so we don't find out what happens? And I'm like... No. I meant they don't exchange phone oh. numbers. They don't no. get addresses. They do that on purpose. And I'm like, and they're like, oh, that's just sad. And it's like, I couldn't, I'm sorry. I'm not that person. I couldn't live my life not knowing what that person's doing. Are you, we are so connected now because of cell phones that I was stressed out so bad. I'm like, get her number. What are you doing? Get her phone number. Like, why are you not? And I was like, I'm like, what good is it if she's not in France? Cause that's the thing. It doesn't matter if you have her phone number, if she's not home. And who's to say they're going to live there? And now, but the thing is, where I'm thrown off, they agreed for what a year, didn't they? I thought it was they put it down to six months. It wasn't nine years. That's what I'm thrown off by, right? Yeah, like, th that's why I'm interested too. Because I'm like, hold the phone, link later. They just committed to six months or whatever, and they have no other way to contact each other. So either that means they do meet up. And when we're joining them, it will be after they've re-met and have done something. Um, and I'm looking at the synopsis, and all it says is, Nine years ago, two strangers met by chance and spent a night in Vienna that ended before sunrise. Oh, it ended before sunrise. Um, that's not true. The sun is out. Uh, they are they are about to meet for the first time since. So they have not met since then. See, I would be to find out pissed. If they together. If I got, if I traveled all that way from America, because I'm imagining that it wasn't cheap back then either. No, and he, oh, it's on HBO Max. Interesting, listeners, uh, you can check it out on HBO Max, apparently. Um, now, the second one's also really short. It's only 80 minutes. So, like, next week's uh, movie is a lot, it's like 20 minutes shorter than the first one, um, which is interesting. So, I, 
I don't know. It's currently the assumption that it's the before trilogy says there won't be a fourth one. However, I don't I don't believe that's a hundred percent on on point. But the trilogy traditionally, not always, but many many of the beloved trilogies that are out there, the second movie is the toughest movie, right? It ends on a down note. Things aren't looking good for the people, and that's where the third movie comes in and like resurrects or saves us. So I'm curious, is this one going to be like Empire Strikes Back? Is like, is Ethan Hawke going to be in Carbonite at the end of it? And, you know, uh, Boba Fett's taking him off to, to Tatooine. Like, what's, you know, is it going to end on the downbeat? And if so, how frustrating is it going to be? And, and I'm glad we're watching them kind of back to back because, uh, honestly, I was I was contemplating watching it tonight before doing this. I'm like, no, I'm going to end up screwing up and talking about both movies in the podcast. So I can't do that. But I really want to watch the second one now. So um i also when i started the movie i i feel like it said rated r for sexuality and then like i watched the movie i'm like this is like yes there's like sexual tension but there's no like graphic sexuality in this movie at all and i don't know they like talk about it yeah in the park i don't get i i don't think it needed to be an r movie at all like i i felt like it was very i love the poem scene by the way yes was that not great like i thought it was fantastic um with the guy like give me give me a word and i'll write a poem for you and and hawk you know has to be cynical and throw out oh he probably just you know has a poem ready and just plugs in the word like mad lib style basically and i'm just like you know what even if that's true that poem was excellent so shut up yeah like i love that poem if you could do that um yeah yeah i he's i feel like in the 90s it was just his job to be the cynical dude yes definitely reminded me of his reality bites character Troy, but less yeah. of a less of a jerk yeah like still still cynical but he was clearly not as big of a jerk and he you you kind of empathize with this character a little bit because he has been dumped like he went all the way to england or not england where, where was he in spain madrid he was madrid. In madrid which is spain yes um all the way to madrid to see his girlfriend uh and she basically blows him off so Dude, in that I don't, oh, that uh, no, go ahead. That reminded me. He like said that she was doing everything she could to not be alone with him. Like they mm-hmm. they went to dinner or something, and she brought six of her friends. And that reminded me of the Anton Yelchin movie that we watched um, this summer. Yes, I know which one you're talking about too. Um, or is th- it the one with Felicity Jones? Yes. Yeah, uh, like crazy. Yes. I'm like, so that's how people break up with people. Okay noted or at least not like breaking things. up with my husband but <laughs> no <laughs> hey bill let's go to dinner with our friends um all of our friends even, all two of them you don't even like these people <laughs> um, yeah right <laughs> uh but yeah like um so and then she had the the bad breakup where hers is a little scary because it sounds like she wanted to kill her ex-boyfriend but <sighs> she's she's claiming it was just a story but like i don't know you know what i mean <laughs> like I don't know. She doesn't seem crazy to me. No, and but and I do think people like you know fiction is how we can. It's an outlet, right? Like I, I some people read horror movies and assume that the the author must be insane. It's like I I view it as just an ex, a, a healthy version of expression, right? Yeah, it's like this is the healthy version of this because if I didn't write it, then maybe I would actually do it. Kind of thing. And there's That's really good always been my take. Forensic science, so <laughs> maybe they should stick to writing but i um 
thoroughly I thoroughly thought both of them I... had such bad luck with relationships that it's not surprising that they were so excited for something you know something that felt uh, new and felt fresh um and felt that spark right away i felt like kind of like what you were saying earlier but that the characters are so genuine like i love like that they're shy i that that scene with them in the record store and then they go to the listening booth and he keeps trying to look at her but she won't make eye contact with him and then she'll look at him and he won't make eye contact with her like I just love that scene. Yeah, uh, that scene was great. Um, that 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 room reminded me of Mission Impossible Five. I think is when Ethan gets knocked out in the record room, um, the listening room, and it just like I was like, is this is it the same place? Because um, it's such a small little record shop. Like the guy has to like step a- yeah. to the side so he can walk past him and stuff. But um, oh man, so much of like I wish they would have gone to that play. You know the the first two guys they talk to and they tell them about that play. Yes. Um, just because one, I don't think it's a real play, and then, <laughs> but I would have loved to see it. It was so in- interesting, like the the cow and like, the cows. <laughs> I mean, if that wasn't improv, I would be surprised because it felt very improv. But it was like good improv where I was like, mm-hmm, yes, go on, tell me more about this play of you as a cow. <laughs> what is happening? Um, that was that but, like, scene. I, two where they're like do you speak english and they're like how about you speak german for once (laughs) yes another jab at the american um gosh oh and i love the scene where he he convinces the bartender to give him a bottle of wine and she's stealing the glasses yeah oh (laughs) just drink it out of the bottle just the two of you geez Mm-hmm. but the guy like the bartender was so sweet and it was like it felt so sincere he's just like have a good night you know it's just like i'm like oh that's that's lovely i hope like, we find what out a, what a kind man in the next movie that he sent the cash there's right. so or many like, things that need to be answered in this next movie we get he gets to germany and there's like a <laughs> hit out on him by the bartender it's just like uh, john <laughs> wick all over again right <laughs> Um, all right, so I, I have been a fan of Ethan Hawke for a little while now, um, but uh, I hadn't seen a lot of his older stuff until the last couple of years, which, like, I watched um, Dead Poets Society, I think, in 2016, uh, I think for the first time, or at least the first time as an adult. Um, I watched Reality Bites in the last couple of years for the first time, and um, and now this, and those are, like, his, his pretty early films, and then um, I've seen Training Day, and, and I really... I. I've really grown to like Hawk a lot. I actually just found out that his directorial film, I don't, I don't think it's his debut, but he did a movie called blaze in 2018. Um, that debuted oh. at the South by that I was at and that's on Netflix. So I'm like super stoked. And I'm going to try to watch that. Cause I wanted to see it at South by and I missed it. He's um, I think it was South by also written a couple books, Ash Wednesday. And I can't remember the title of the other one. Um, but also how perfect is this? It's his birthday today. <laughs> Oh wow! So happy birthday, uh, Ethan Hawke. That you know, I that's why I did this, Corey. Oh, Jeez. sure. Everything, I, everything the whole I do is planned. Yes, yes, the whole theme. Um, and why? Like, I didn't tell you, but the fourth movie is uh going to also be an Ethan Hawke film now. Um, <laughs> no, but it is weird how we we sync up with things like this all the time. Like every time we do a, an episode, it seems like the rest of the world either happens to be like this case where we've, we've accidentally landed on it 
and other times it's just like all of a sudden they're like hey here's a reunion special and it's like what where did that come from um not that we're influencing i just think it's weird how that happens um because it does seem like it happens a lot like all of a sudden it'll just be like every film critic i follow on instagram is talking about the same movie that we're talking about i'm like but why like because it's usually random like today this is random. this was supposed to be february Mm-hmm. And we pushed it back so we could do the the love Anton, uh, love Antosha theme. Um, so it, complete coincidence that it landed on his birthday. But wow, what a cool uh, what a cool one at that is Julie Delphi's birthday next week, because <laughs> um, or Linklater's maybe. Uh, I mean, the, statistically, it's possible. But um, yeah, I I'm glad to finally have watched this movie. Um, Linklater is really good with with people. He just gets people, and um, I think you see that in, in uh, Days and Confused. I, I really think that's what Slackers is is doing. It's just kind of sitting with a bunch of people. Because uh, 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 I don't know if you know this about Slackers, but there is no protagonist. Like you're with a group of people for a little bit, and then something will happen that leaves the camera with a new group of people. And so you're like constantly just with these different groups. Like you get in a cab at one point and you ride with these people. And then I think you get out of the cab and they walk away, but you stay with this other person who was just standing there. And like, it's, it's constantly like that. You just end up with other people uh, all throughout Austin. And they're all, they're all like kind of partying and it's, it's very kind of existential about like what they're doing. And it, I think it speaks to that era of people that were living in Austin. Um, Linklater is from Austin, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Mm-hmm. and he's just really good at, at capturing humanity on camera in ways that are compelling and interesting um and you know uh, it's up and down some people i i haven't seen uh, flags of our fathers that it's uh steve carell um lawrence fishburne and um brian cranston and i've heard mixed things about it um but it's one i do want to watch at some point and again i loved where'd you go bernadette i think uh i thought it was super interesting and fun um I've heard that if you're a fan of the book, though, is where it really is. It gets hurt pretty badly, but I've never read the book, so I have no frame of reference. Uh, but I, I'm looking forward to watching the rest of this trilogy. And I think I feel like maybe so far you're you're on board now where you were in at first. Yeah, I might still be tired of it by the time we're done with the third one. But I know I know you don't understand. I don't understand either. I, I don't pretend to. I just get I tired. Like making yourself tired of it. <laughs> i just get tired of the same you binge watch i know i know i it doesn't make sense to me i don't know if it's because i know that i need to do it like because it's uh yes that sounds right you know that it's like i i'm i don't words guys that it's a commitment so i you know what i mean and i still just like oh oh god I'm such a bad podcast host. We're at minute 46. This is episode 200, listeners. Uh, this is a big milestone for us. Um, we we have been doing this now for almost four years. Uh, and in honor of that, I did order Corey, um, the Edward Scissorhand Pops. If you follow her on social media, you would have saw uh, the post on Instagram earlier this week. Um, they're pretty great. The, they, they were pretty cool. I was so unsure which Edward to get you, though. Because I got you the one with the, uh, the black suit that he's found in but they also have him with like the overalls and like the shirt um and i was like oh which one and i went with that one because i feel like that's like the introduction to the character right like that's the the way we first see him and i feel like it's more um, iconic of you know 
Yes. And, and it has more of the gothic Burton look to it than the uh, the suburban suspenders and stuff. But um, I ordered myself uh, Tyler Durden from Fight Club. What? And and uh, Chris um, from Get Out, which I didn't know existed as a pop vinyl, but it's him in the chair. Um, like picking at the uh the the arm of the chair, and I was just like, that is such a cool pop. I don't know why I didn't know that existed. Um, they also have the Us pops from Jordan Peele's uh, second horror oh, film. Oh, I like that. So I kind, I kind, yeah, I kind of want to grab those too. But um, that was kind of my like gift to myself uh, for the two hundredth episode. We've talked when on average these episodes are about an hour. So that in theory, in the last four years, we've talked for about two hundred hours about movies um and most of them were paired together by a theme and yet Corey is now <laughs> talking about having commitment issues <laughs> it, no i feel like now i need to explain myself <clears throat> so for the longest time the longest time Bill and I had the crappiest prepaid cell phone plan because i refused to enter into a contract. a contract thank you for a cell phone like i we had them for years i can only only imagine the frustration of friends like can you resend that the message didn't come to my phone um i also we stayed in our same apartment for a very long time because we were month to month and they didn't raise our rent because i didn't want to sign another lease like i do all kinds of stuff like that you don't even realize that I'm so weird about that. But then I've been with the same man for almost 20 years. So mm-hmm. I, I know it's weird. I don't know. I don't like being locked in. Except for with Bill. And, and <laughs> you want to know why? Again, he lets me do what I want. <laughs> I, I mean, you committed to this podcast yeah. for 200 episodes is my point. Like, I know. It's, you know, but this one movie chain, it's like, oh, God, no. how dare you? No, 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 no. Sometimes when we have, like, the months of the directors, I get real tired. Yes, I, I will concede that you've complained after the fact. This is the first time I think I've had to fight you going into it. <laughs> Where I'm like, what are you talking about? It's a trilogy. It's not even like I'm making you watch unconnected <laughs> it's movies. It's too much. But at least like this, it's compelling. And I like the characters. And I need to know things. Yes, I, I completely agree. Uh, it definitely did. It, it's not Which... like it leaves you on a total cliffhanger. Like the movie is done. Yeah. Like we conclude with what had to did... happen. But now we're left with this like hanging fruit of are we going to get more? Do you know if it was his plan to go in and make a trilogy or that it was his plan well to do them like film them nine years apart or did he like release the first one and then it was a success and he wanted to like develop the story more and you know what i mean i i don't i i started typing was the before trilogy planned and it popped up before i finished typing it so apparently a lot of people have that question um, and here is a movies and TV exchange. Uh, it was definitely not a plan from the start to have sequels with nine year gaps. Mm-hmm. I'm having trouble finding the interview. So this person's claiming he read it somewhere else, but he's saying he's having trouble finding the interview. Um, oh wait. And then he said before midnight, Ethan Hawke said in entertainment weekly page 45, but we never had a serious conversation until Rick and Julie were both in New York in 2010. We sat down at dinner and a long conversation about it. And we made plans to meet again in six months. And we'd all think about it and talk about it. So that seems like they're talking about the third movie. Um, 
So uh, according to this dude, no, but he seems like he's not a hundred percent on the same page. But um, it it does seem like they kind of um envisioned it, you know, like as it was going on, which. That sounds like Linklater too, and again, he was already working with Ethan um, for for uh, Boyhood during that time, right? Because he's filming that over twelve years. So uh, between when did Boyhood come out? Two thousand fourteen. Oh, felt like it was eleven. I felt like it was already out before I left Florida. No, that would have been two thousand nine. I I distinctly remember um, that B- Big Tuna was uh, in my class when he was getting nominated for all the awards because he was the one talking about it it's 2014 okay so 12 years that means they start filming in 2002 so in between um before sunrise and before sunset they start filming boyhood um and so he's already working with link later again and they're already you know going to be in this weird kind of looping gap so it makes sense that they would develop it kind of on the fly to me um like well what if they met back up you know years later and that explains why though unlike back to the future where they literally call their shot for a sequel right that the end of the first movie is the opening sequence of the second movie that they actually had to reshoot i didn't realize this until recently but at the end of back to the future you see them like doc comes in with the the delorean it's flying um marty and jen get in the car except when they film back to future 2 they have a different actress playing jen and so they have to reshoot the entire sequence almost shot for shot, but with the new actress, uh, which is really interesting to me. But the point being, they knew what they were going to do for the second one. This movie, at the end of Sun Sunrise, they say six months, but we know Sunset takes nine years. So that kind of says to me that, no, it wasn't planned, right? Because mm-hmm. if it was planned, you would have said, let's meet in nine years <laughs> or <laughs> have some kind of plan for like a backup in case things go wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. I am very curious how they're going to find each other. I mean, nine years later, 95, the internet's a thing. Like, AOL's already a thing, but it's it's much less functional, right? But by nine years, uh, so we're talking um, 2004, the internet is starting. It's still no social media yet, right? Like, I don't think MySpace is until, like, 2000. No, MySpace is about that time, right? When? Like, 2004, Yeah, I was going to say 2004. Yeah, and so Facebook's the thing. So oh, yeah, maybe was... they find each other on MySpace. Is that going to be the opening of the movie? Is like him on MySpace, like looking up Jewel. Whatever uh, happened to her? Whatever her name Because I never showed up. So <laughs> yeah, or he did show up and she didn't show up. You know, imagine that. Like how pissed he would be. Like like you said, it. He's already. We don't know what his career is because he's a young kid here. But like maybe he has. He's not making any more money because he's definitely broke in this movie, right? Like that's why he has to barter for the wine. Um. So what if he just like looks to lean up on MySpace and like, hey, she has a MySpace page. All right. Um. So yeah, I'm. I'm. Man, I can't wait for next week to talk about this movie. Um. Well, that is our review of Before Sunrise. I I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go must see on this. Like I really I I don't think I felt like I was going to uh be that into this movie, but I really do think it's. It's excellent. Because it's such a small story. Like, not a lot really happens. I don't know mm-hmm. how to explain that. Like, it's not, like, edge of your seat. I don't know. I'm going to go with must-see also, which I was not expecting. I like that. Uh, we both were hooked into this movie. 
I'm not surprised because you and I are kind of sappy when it comes to movies. Oh, you do like a good love story. Because yeah. um, I, I, was, I was thinking like five to seven to a degree with this. Um, it's not, <sighs> it's nowhere near as devastating as five to seven is. Uh, but as far as like the love, like I was really into the romance and I really bought into the, the, the two characters. And I, again, I was surprised that I was so accepting. Because like five to seven is over a long period of time. This movie is one day. And I was still like, yeah, no, I get it. I totally yeah. get why these two are. So you know, you know, when you know, you know. Yeah. And um, and it. I guess that where love stinks though is the end, right? Because they are clearly really into each other, but neither are willing to say, "Let's risk everything for this one day." Well, you know, it, and he says that right now he would marry her if he. It was a choice mm-hmm. between never seeing her again and marrying her. He would marry her. So then, why didn't you just get married? You're young. Be dumb. Not saying yeah. that you're yep. just dumb if you do that, but you know what are the real consequences? It's fine. You're like twenty two. I think. I mean, there are some consequences potentially, but yeah, I think maybe we're uh, we're too too quick to act like because in like the fifties you you couldn't like divorce was a no no like you couldn't do that in yeah. today's time. It's really not that big a deal, but still, um, it, it still could be like financially burdening and people do look down on you still and whatnot but uh but realistically there isn't really a reason to not take the risk other than again neither of them really seem to have their their ducks in a row so to speak so i, I get it I get the fine, then. but um but i uh i definitely really um like this movie and i'm looking forward to our next episode so listeners uh, we would love for you to tell us what you thought of this movie. So you can reach out to us on social media. I am at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey R Star, two R's on the end. And we will be back next week to talk about Before Sunset. Um, in the meantime, if you like what we're doing, we ask that you please rate and review the podcast. It helps other people uh, find us and hopefully tell us what they thought about the Before Trilogy as we work our way through all three movies for the first time, mind you. With that, we say stay safe, mask up, and most importantly, keep watching movies. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com. <laughs>